Hello and welcome. Keen on Things Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. Good to be here. Thanks for joining me for this 30-minute wrap-up of the week that was and kind of the week that will be. You never know. Episode 26, mid-September 2020. Football season has begun. Thursday night kickoff between Houston and Kansas City. Then full schedule uh, Saturday and Sunday. More Sunday because some of the conferences aren't playing, but a fantastic weekend. Casey and Houston was a rematch of the divisional playoff game where Houston was up 24-0 in the first half. Casey then, uh, you know, closes it, takes the lead, and wins by 20 themselves by the end of that game. Guys, Houston's never been to the Super Bowl. Houston, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the Lions have never been to the Super Bowl. Those are the four cities. Jacksonville's fine, you know, whatever. But, man, those three other franchises could use at least an appearance at least. I mean, those are all football-heavy towns. I mean, Houston, the biggest city in Texas, the most populated football state, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Texas, I would think. Wow. Football podcast, Josh Frey. Football, indeed. Uh, Josh sent me a text saying, he's like, what's the over-under on how quick you're going to mention football in this week's podcast? And I think we're one minute in. Um, yeah, and now that it's football season, it's just... It's going to be game on all the way through. My buddy Josh, my high school friend, grade school, uh, my uh, childhood friend, and then high school friend, and then uh, adult friend, lives in Arizona, lives near my family there. Guys, the Lions gave up a huge lead. Like, the only thing normal about 2020 is the Lions giving up a huge lead in the second half um, of the opening game. They had a nice lead. I think they were at home. Everything was set for them. They have a veteran quarterback. And what do they do? Give up a huge lead to a conference foe, Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, because the Bears needed a little pick-me-up. Historically, I'm going to tell you about being a Lions fan growing up and uh, why it's nice that we moved out here and I can adopt other teams. Historically, um, if the Lions are winning by anything under 17 points, I know they're going to lose. Like, if it's over, if it's 17 or over, I keep an eye on how much time is left. There's still some anxiety there, uh, you know. But three scores with more than a quarter, it's like, mm, could go either way. They have to be up so far ahead for me to think they're going to win. Like, if they were in the Super Bowl and it was a tight game, I'd be like, they're going to lose. If they're up by 17, maybe. If 20, then I'm like, oh, I'm even more nervous because I'm like, oh, my God, we could actually win if we're up 20. We? I remember, and I think... In 1983, on Thanksgiving Day, and and the 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 listens, the subscriptions are just flying in for this podcast at this point. Uh, 1983 on Thanksgiving, the Lions beat the Steelers really bad. It's either 80, fall of 82 or 83, because 84 we moved out here, so it's 82 or 83. I think it's 83. One of the years, Lawrence Taylor just dominated the game and won it himself. That was either 82 or 83 with the Giants, and then the other one was the. Uh, Lions beat the Steelers really bad. It was like 46 to 10 or 42 to 10 or something. The Steelers dynasty was kind of at the end of their run. Everybody was uh, having their shots at them at that point. And I remember sitting on the couch in our house in Michigan and watching with one of my hands in a pocket. Like one of my hands was in the pocket the whole game because it was superstitious. I was so superstitious that if I pulled the hand out, the Lions would stop playing well and lose. So, um, you know, people were coming over to the house for Thanksgiving. They were sitting around me. They were talking. We were moving. And I just kept, I stayed put right in the couch uh, with a hand in the pocket. Just one, not both. God, people probably thought I was playing with myself or they crap, 
my pants or something. I didn't want to get up, which I probably did. If the Lions won that big against the Steelers, I was probably crapping my pants. But um, anyway, yeah. All right, five minutes in football. Before Orange County, my family was in Michigan. And before that, they were in Toledo, which is the same thing. You know, Michigan, Toledo and the Upper Peninsula part of Michigan were kind of the trade-off for the state line there with Ohio. I no idea. But as a Michiganister, I wonder if we can't gerrymander our way up to the Upper P, the UP, Upper Peninsula, and can we obtain, acquire, procure Green Bay Packer fan status? Because by land, the UP is connected to Wisconsin um, and not to Michigan. Maybe that's an option. My Dave, my, my Dave, my roommate Dave and I were just talking about it this morning, just joking about maybe there's a chance for upper Michigan people, and maybe a lot of them are Lions. I know Gary Cannon's wife, Michelle, and her family, they're from the UP, and I think there's more Green Bay fans in the UP than Lions fans. But what I'm wondering is lower P, uh, if the regular Michigan fans are allowed to obtain procure acquire fandom of the packers is that something is that like a dual citizenship program that's out there because this is ridiculous they looked amazing yesterday i mean on the road aaron Rodgers. this could be a uh, his year fantastic podcast okay um also since he lost close on the bengals but they got a nice looking quarterback in there and uh the i think the division will be them and the ravens going forward I think the Steelers are fading and the Browns will be in no man's land like the Lions for eternity. Uh, but I am looking forward to Thursday night's <clears throat> game with the Browns this week. Um, I think the uh, the Bengals got a tough call on a touchdown pass that would have won for them yesterday. And Dallas got a tough call last night, too, against the Rams. Uh, I don't know why that flag was thrown. I like the Rams, but that was a tough call. I don't like winning that way. But, but man, Cowboys have weapons, and they got to put it together. Come on. So uh, big, big week one, big first week. Um, Rams, Raiders, Chargers all won. Don't know where that came from. Don't know if that's happened. And Arizona, all Southwestern teams won, I guess, except San Francisco. That NFC test, NFC test, NFC West will be a test. Uh, it's going to be tough. That's competitive. Seattle looks good. And uh, it's going to be four, four tough teams. Um, gridiron, baby. Gridiron. My voice and energy are shot from a weekend <clears throat> down in Orange County with some friends, um, uh, John McKeon, Andy Sillick, a couple pals from high school. And uh, it doesn't take three nights to wipe someone out. It can be one night. Uh, the term gridiron comes from an instrument of torture. I, I looked this up. The term gridiron, which is described uh, when talking about football, it's an instrument of torture on which people were secured before being burned by fire. That's from the 13th century. And then from the 14th century, just 100 years later, an iron rack or grate used for boiling meat and fish over coals, which I prefer. I like that. I like 14th century more than 13th century. You know, food being cooked, being social, uh, more so than the whole instrument of torture. Oh, God. Yes. So football season is upon us. Yes. Yeah, so I was down in Orange County this weekend. A good weekend getaway. My buddy John McKeon's in Coto de Casa, which nobody knows what that Spanish word translate to. It's it's a hunting lodge. It was a hunting lodge, and I think that's what it translates to, like coat, a coat of hunting. 
code of hunting what's a code of hunting don't shoot other people anyway john was uh he was on the co-ed national championship team uh that i was on in the summer of 97 he actually helped me run it and uh, we've known each other since freshman year of high school uh he scored the first touchdown in santa margarita history a 7-0 victory versus saint augustine's on the road in san diego but um in our co-ed softball team just as importantly in the fall of 90 10 years later fall of 97 uh we went one and oh in a slaughter we we slaughtered this team in this co-ed softball league we were all just out of college you know most people were on the team if not everybody had played college sports in some capacity um and i'm not talking about just co i'm not talking about uh you know student sports i'm talking about they were on scholarship or whatever but we were one and oh in this co-ed softball league then we dropped five straight games and we were one and five because after one and oh we thought we were going to win the whole thing we were talking about i was kind of the manager so i was like i'm not even going to wear athletic wear to the games i'm just going to dress in like a tux or or a nice coat with a rose and then we dropped five straight games and we were humbled and john and i jumped in the car and headed up to san francisco to visit our friends joe and dave and get out of dodge we talked softball all the way up there and all the way back and we rebooted we we reprogrammed it was like july 4th week so we might even have that next saturday off which we needed um after that we won like seven straight games barely made the playoffs um like wild carded at last seed and then just went on a tear and won all the games in the playoffs and took the cheese we took the title it was our finest hour um and great glory and tribute to the almighty anyway john and i were together all weekend it was good times he and i and andy sulik uh, all class of 91ers from santa margarita had a little gathering at hannah's the restaurant down in rancho santa margarita um had a good time andy's wife julie our former ceramics teacher meredith moody who was great she had three great kids at santa margarita high school i have no idea what this podcast is about at this point but hannah's is a steakhouse i've never eaten steak there guys never eaten steak good time delicious food and company and maybe some alcohol was spilled into some glasses that got spilled into me trout. But uh, a great restaurant. It's owned by a modern-day monarch. Um, great dude. Met him once or twice. But, uh, yeah, it's just a go-to. And then there's a round-table pizza right there as well. What am I, just plugging communities in the... Okay, but good to be down there. Cause it was, it was, uh, Friday was 9-11. Very tough time for a lot of people. Very significant Uh for john my buddy especially he was there he was uh in living in new york he was working in one of the buildings that went down dean witter i believe was the name of the company uh one of his towers went down john survived it that's a whole different story uh and then from there went to tampa and then lives out here now um but he was living in new york at the time and that's got to be a powerful thing to know people to lose people and so yeah we were all kind of rallying on that uh, other guys who have terrible and fascinating stories from that day, that infamous day in New York, are um, Eric Franco, who's a buddy of mine from Mission Viejo High School, and his family has a restaurant down in Orange County called Cort the Cortez. But Eric's a comic and actor up here in L.A., and uh, we became, I actually knew his cousins growing up at St. Catharines. They had a different restaurant, Casa Franco or something like that, off Alicia again. Okay. Um but uh, Eric was a bartender in New York when that went down, and people were just coming in with dust all over him, you know, from the buildings collapsing. He was in Manhattan, and he just started serving food. He went back in the kitchen and started for serving food, 
and slinging drinks uh, for people, you know, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and people are just handing over cash, and he wouldn't take it, and then they'd force him to take it, and it was, like, way too much, and he just, he knew enough to go, people have to eat, people have to eat right now and drink, um, but uh, great dude, Michigan High School, man, what a, what a mascot, a Diablo, that's awesome, uh, and Eric's got a podcast, too, so look for that out there in the Spotify world and such, and then Will Byrne, Steve brother, Steve Byrne's little brother, joined the military, he was living in Manhattan, too, and working, and uh he was trying to go to school there and it was like early it was like his first day i think it was a tuesday right 9 11 and uh might have been his first day or his second week start of his second week and uh that obviously the insanity ensued and he ran down the street to see what was up and just saw dust on people and uh just saw people wiped out and that rocked him joined the military short shortly after that and went to the middle east to fight and now he's back and he's living in nashville with steve but uh so there's three guys that i knew that all have very significant uh powerful stories <sighs> all right so our friend john then moved to cali eventually after tampa two kids he's got two kids at santa margarita now and that high school i, I can't say enough about that high school man it's amazing i know i've touched on it before but it's more than just a high school saying it's just a high school is like saying amazon only sells books you know all the all the services they provide santa margarita is a high school it's a resource it's a community a bastion of education higher learning high profile and uh, i'm meeting with the alumni director this wednesday because we're going to go speak to the kids on career day in february uh, i'm getting more and more involved with uh, my alma mater something i think would be wise for students is a, a resource for former students after they've graduated college you know can you imagine that your former high school helping you four or five years after you've graduated college, like a placement service. Because a lot of times it's like, get them out of here, <clears throat> get them into college, you know, we're done, next group. Um, and a lot of times we don't necessarily need the help after high school because we don't know. It's just straight on to college. Objective is to get into college and don't worry about it. Uh, your next four years are covered. Then you graduate college, you don't have a clue, right? Right into graduate school for some. Others, they found a job right away or, or while they were studying or interning. But there's a significant amount of people graduating college don't know where they want to go. Um, they got the degree, they went and stayed, and they, you know, they went and stayed at their family's house, like I did for three months. Um, got the degree, went and stayed at my parents' house for three months. Then I, well, in that time, I coached an international all-star softball team, misfits, ragtags, title champions. Um, but where do you go from there? You know, you can't teach that. I learned that on the streets, but. Um, that's what's happening. A lot of kids, especially now, will go live at home after college. Can't blame them. And the families sometimes want that. But uh, they don't know where to go with the degree, which is crazy because they need that street that street in them. Um, but uh, a great resource for the high school would be a career placement for college graduates that you can then go back to the high school. And that's what I think another element we want to maybe work on with them Uh be like a Harvard of the West or a USC or a um, or a Santa Margarita, you know, like a Stanford, just a really powerful network. They can get people, boom, and place people and get people, uh, you know, producing and happy and healthy. A lot of times the high school that you're at knows more about what's local because a lot of people want to go back home after college. They don't want to stay in the college town. Many do, but but not everybody. So... We do career day in February at Santa Margarita, but it's for uh, kids in their junior year of high school. So much is going to happen 
for them in the next five years. Like so much is going to happen in the next year and a half. And so like you're telling them about a college and you're telling them about a career and life and they're 17 halfway through their junior year. It's never too early, but it's almost like, hey, kids, I'll see you again in five years. And then we'll talk again about everything because your perspective and priority is going to change so much. Um, wow, I guess the podcast shifted from sports to my former high school. It's a San- we now have a Santa Margarita podcast going here, which is fine. Patron saint of Santa Margarita is Margaret Mary Alacoque, which is French. Her name was Margaret Marie Alacoque, C-O-Q-U-E. Anybody speak French? Is it coquet or coke? I think it's coke. I think it's a hard c. She was a French Roman Catholic uh, visitation nun and mystic who promoted devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus in its modern form. She died just before Santa Margarita opened. Um, she died in 1690. Santa Margarita opened in 1987. So just just under 300 years there. She would have had to hang on for for a while, but uh, but she lived a good life. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Um, and then somehow made it made her way to South Orange County, inland. A little bit. I keep saying former high school. You notice that because it's 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 not a former high school because it's not like I moved on to another one. You know, it's it's my high school. I'm just not there anymore. I guess I could say my old high school, but nothing's old there, man. Right? It's such a, it's kept 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 up to date so well. If I had kids and I didn't live nearby, I'd still send them to Santa Margarita. That high school is worth sending your kids away to. If Santa Margarita had dorms. I'd send my kids there, man. I may do it for my nieces and nephew. Just, I don't know, get them a house or something. So all you young parents listening to me from Orange County, and there's a lot of you. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers. Look at Santa Margarita High School, okay? Good private school, good education. It's worth it, believe me. My God, the contacts they make, the access to all those minds and professors and personnel. Um. So good to get away back in LA now and uh, who knows what the future is going to bring. We talked about that this weekend a little bit with uh, employment opportunities and such this pandemic, man, I don't know how people who can't get out of town are doing it in these cities, especially the cities. A ton of people are moving or hitting their cabin or second home. I don't know how people are doing it who don't have access to getting out, right? Just being able to go to a place with more space like Orange County for me is unreal. Seeing old friends, seeing familiarity, it is therapeutic, uh, whether we're in a pandemic or not, especially with the pandemic, though. I hope people uh, have a way to do that. Uh, people wear masks. They wear masks down there. It's just, um, God, the mask thing is just the funniest policy that once you're sitting in a restaurant or patio, you can take the mask off because you're now sitting. You're closer to the ground. While you're walking through the restaurant, you know, the mask stays on. Once you're sitting and people are passing by you, you have to go to the bathroom, you have to wear it. People passing by you, wear it. But if you're sitting, you don't have to be wearing it. It's just hilarious stipulations. Like the virus likes to stay up high on the body. It doesn't like to go low. It's like heat. Heat rises. The virus rises. You know, I definitely feel like things are tighter in L.A. I mean, I feel the tension in both Orange County and L.A., but more pandemic tension in L.A., regular tension in Orange County. Pandemic tension in L.A., regular tension in Orange County. So I see all sides. I just think the restrictions need to be regional, man. The same restrictions in all places is weird. This country is so vast. It's so big. There's so many types of living 
how the hell, you know, have we stayed together so long at this point? Maybe it's over, but we it was a good run. But I don't know how we, we kept it together. The song Abraham Lincoln is how. I almost turned this into a history podcast, but then you might learn something about history instead of my old high school and my choice of football teams. Okay, let's wrap this up really quick here. We got, uh, <clears throat> we're two thirds. Um, September 26th show, Saturday night, Bistro K, Laguna Niguel, Tom Clark, Brian Kiley, two great comics, two great guys, white guys, three white guys, three white male, male heterosexuals. It's not the diversity I'm looking for. It just happened this way, this time. Um, trying to get Becky Robinson, comedian Becky Robinson for October down there. She was requested. We've never had a requested comic before, and she's fantastic. We worked together in Lincoln, Nebraska, a great little club there. Uh, Becky was requested by Julie Sulik um, because Becky's hilarious. We watched Julie and I were watching some sketches of her at Hannah's uh, on her phone, and Becky's in a golf cart playing a country club mom, and it's really funny just the way she says Trish, like, whatever. Um, we'll see if she gets back to me. Um, I'll be very honest. Say what you will about male comics. They always get back right away to bookers a lot quicker, I find, in my experience. Um, I think since there's fewer female comics, they know they're in demand a little bit more. But usually male comics, in my my experience, respond quicker. Uh, they know the spot isn't going to be open for very long. They got a small window and boom, they're on it. Um, so she can take her time. We'll hopefully get it for October, or at least November. Supply and demand, right? White male comics, man. <laughs> they're at the ready because there's way too many. Just clinging to any opportunity. Way too many. Saturated. Anyway, Bistro K, Saturday, September 26, 7.30 p.m. Make reservations. And then hopefully we get another date in October, month to month. Um, so, yeah, good to have football back. Um, funny that the start of it wasn't delayed. Right? Baseball was delayed. Basketball playoffs were delayed, not football. Was it timed perfectly, or is it just that football's that powerful that it can just make – you're going to have it figured out by the time football starts, maybe. Big Ten is talking about it this week. I'm told that Michigan is the only one holding it up. It's definitely not Harbaugh. It's those administrators because um, he want, you know that maniac wants to be out there. Um, Pac-10, Pac-12, that's going to take a little longer, man. It's going to take a little longer. I don't know if it will even happen. Maybe midway. Other conferences, the South, you're not stopping them from playing. They made it work. Uh, Notre Dame's in the ACC. Have no idea what kind of sick gerrymandering that is. Notre Dame should be in the Big Ten, man. They're 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 up there. They're they're a Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Come on, come on. I want to talk really quick about the difference between basketball, football, other sports. Physical proclivity toward it, right? Baseball, hockey can be more in my opinion can be more competitive because it's open to all body types right football can have a lot of maniacs okay and basketball can have a ton of tall people but i find that baseball and hockey is where you're going to really find some good athletes uh, i remember seven footers growing up you know in the area high school and beyond they'd get scholarships they couldn't play basketball they were just called projects Right, no five eight guy is getting a hockey or baseball scholarship if he can't play. Maybe a football guy who's big, but still you got to produce. Yeah, we're going to teach him to ice skate and then go from there. Okay, there's no projects with hockey. 
or baseball. You got to come correct. Basketball is the only sport I've seen where the term project is used on a player. Yeah, he's a project. Maybe in football, a guy's huge, but normally he's got to already have stats, man. A guy in baseball may throw heat and have no control. He may be kind of a project, but he still throws heat. He's already got some skill. My point is, hockey, baseball, to me, most competitive because it's wide open, larger, larger range of athletes. Sometimes football's not even open to athletes. It's just a maniac. And then, look, a lot of kids get into extreme sports or they get into martial arts. So... This is a lunatic talking into a microphone. Okay. Track is for fast people. Wrestling is for stocky people. Hey, there's some good. I talked to Greg Warren about this. I was like, is, is, is wrestling just for stocky people? And we were talking about like, no, there's some good dangly tall dudes. Matthew Modine, Vision Quest, Long Arms, Yvonne Drago, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, all tall. What am I talking about? What, what is this podcast about? You're complicit for listening. You listening and not reporting this to the authorities, you're complicit. You're going down with me, pal. I'm taking you down. Okay. Uh, 25. All right. Mom's birthday this past week. Her birthday is September 12th. Thankfully, not on September 11th. My condolences to people that have to share the birthday with a day of uh, tragedy like that. But uh, my mom's September 12th. And, uh, you know, when the mom's birthday's coming up, you can you can miss a dad's birthday, right? You, have to miss, you can't miss a mom's birthday. You're going to hell. You miss a mom's birthday. Dads don't even know when their birthdays get missed. Oh, it was? Oh, good. Thank God you forgot because you saved me money. You never know when to pull the trigger on your mom's birthday present. Flowers, a gift, whatever, candy. You know, the week before, a day before, are you and your siblings going to go in on something together? When it's your mom or dad's birthday or anniversary, you think a miracle is going to befall you like the night before. As if waiting, indecision, and laziness is going to be rewarded. Like the night before you get a call, hey, we have this really good offer for manicure, pedicure, massage treatments, and we also get your mom new furniture, a bigger flat screen and a car, a uh, better air conditioning filter for her home, all for under $30. So it's good you didn't buy anything yet because we're coming to the rest way. Um, anyway, we got my mom a large screen TV, the three of us, my sister Katie, my brother Dennis, and I got her like a really nice, expensive, uh, big screen TV that'll be nice because um, what do you need the rest of the wall for it's like you have this TV on the wall and you're like we don't even need that extra space around the wall let's make the whole wall the TV come on let's enjoy it so that'll be going up later this week she's got some people coming over to put that sucker up my brother's the only man there and he's busy as hell so he can't get over there but um, we're happy to get that put up for her I know as we get older, man, I, I like that screen bigger on the eyes. Print, when I see on like a little aspirin bottle, I go crazy. I'm like, this aspirin, the, the, the exact people who are taking this aspirin are people who need bigger font. And then when I'm watching Netflix now, I need uh, closed caption. I need the words. I was talking, Stacey Palovich and I were talking about this. Get the words up on the screen. I can't hear. Uh, but also, I don't want to try. Like, get it in front of me. It's, 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 it's not that I'm too old to hear. It's I'm too old to make the effort. Like make it clear if you want the if you want these eyes if you want this viewership make it clear okay I'm wrapping it up here um, see see how easy and painless this is it's just it's so quick but uh, anyway we're gonna get to um, a little something I like to call Patrick Keen's tweets of the week guys these are my tweets from the past week that uh, boy if you weren't tuning in before you're really not gonna tune in now. Um, 
on Monday I tweeted Labor, because it was Labor Day last Monday, I tweeted Labor was an imperialist. Or was that Columbus? I might have the wrong holiday here. St. Patrick? Damn calendar. That was a fun one, because it was Labor Day and Columbus Day is kind of uh, going away and being called Indigenous Day. It'll be interesting to see what happens at Thanksgiving. You know, like, will that stay a holiday type situation and the glory around that? Um, but I think that honors breaking bread across cultures. Might be okay. Okay, on Tuesday I tweeted, uh, watch The Keepers on Netflix, and boy, were those bees terrible people. Beekeepers instead of The Keepers. It wasn't even about that. It was a cover-up in a, in a Catholic church in Baltimore. Okay, on Wednesday I tweeted, uh, working hard is good but don't be a workaholic. Otherwise, your partner will think you're a jerkaholic. That's what it comes to, guys. That's that's where I'm at. Don't be a workaholic. Your partner, lover, partner, whatever, spouse, they'll think you're a jerkaholic. I'm wiped out. You can tell. You know it. You know that th- this is taking everything out of me. On Thursday, I tweeted, uh, Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy is the better announcer, but Stan Van Gundy would make the better Narcos cast member. <laughs> I like that one a lot because you have two guys, Van Gundy. I don't know if that's Norwegian, Norwegian, Scandinavian, Scandinavian name or, or Swiss or something like Van Halen. But one looks like a Jewish guy in Wall Street, New Yorker, uh, Jeff. And then Stan looks like a drug lord, narcos guy. Uh, and neither are anything. Okay. Uh, and then on um, Friday, I tweeted, uh, boy, an audience liked me once. Just something simple like that. An audience liked me once. So that's cute, right? So, um, so yeah, that was Patrick Keene's Tweets of the Week. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, really, really worn out, worn out, low energy, not really uh, exciting, but uh, informative and great to uh, reconnect with some friends. Great weekend. Uh, good to see that core group again. Pick up right where you left off. I hope you all have friends like that in your lives, man. That's important. That'll refresh. Don't let too much time go by. Get back with them. Subscribe to this 30-minute podcast of absolute sheer insanity. Uh, There is goodness in the world, no matter what. Keen on things, hopefully, is one of them. Have a good week. Enjoy the autumn wind that hopefully comes soon. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.